In your Bibles tonight, James chapter number 4. James chapter number 4, and as you, if you've noticed as we preach through the book of James, there's a whole lot of talk about the tongue. And I guess uh, James just keeps coming right back to his, uh, the subject that must be causing some grief among the brethren. And uh, James is a book written to Christian people, and we come now to James chapter 4, and he's going to go back to this subject, and we'll look at two verses tonight, James chapter 4 and verse number 11, 11 and 12. The Bible says in James four eleven, Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law. And judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that thou judgest another? And so we look here at this verse, verse number 11. Tonight's message is titled this, Speak not evil one of another. Speak not evil one of another. I'll tell you, there are sins that we all look down on in great shame and disdain, but there are some sins that almost become acceptable among Christian people. Have you ever anybody start a conversation with, now I'm not talking about people, but <laughs> if they say that, they're getting ready to talk about people. And uh, we've got to be careful because uh, it's easy to become a slanderer. It's easy to become the kind of person who takes truths or half-truths or partial understandings and speaks against and behind the backs of other Christian people. And certainly the mess that gossip and slander makes in the lives of other people is real. We've got to be careful about it. I don't know if you remember the story I told uh, recently preaching on the tongue but there was a lady who'd finally gotten right with God, and she was a notorious gossip. And uh, one thing that bothered her so bad was she had told uh, something that she perceived about another woman in the community and in the church, and the rumors of what she had said had spread abroad in a big fashion. And she came to the pastor and said, Pastor, what can I do to make this right? And he said, I'm, I'm going to tell you and show you what you can do to make this right. The first thing, you can repent and ask the Lord to forgive you, and he will. But if you want to try to fix this, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a feather pillow, and I'm going to cut the end off the feather pillow. We're going to make just a little opening in the feather pillow, and I want you to carry that feather pillow around with you for the next three or four days. And everywhere you go at random, I want you to let the feathers drop out of the pillow until it's gone. And you come back. She came back to his office a few days later with a pillowcase empty of feathers. And she said, he said, now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and find all the feathers. <laughs> she said, I can't do that. And she said, he says, in the same instance, you cannot repair the damage that you've done to this poor lady's testimony and this poor lady's reputation because of your slanderous words. We can trust the Lord with the outcome, and I'm glad you've come to make it right. But we need to understand personally that our words and the way we talk about people, it really matters. Someone said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Baloney. Words. 
are a little part of our existence, but they play a big role. Words, we've got to be careful with them. And the Bible says, speak not evil one of another. You know, Christians are prone to exercise, right? Here's the Christian's exercise. Christians are prone to jump to conclusions, fly off the handle, carry things too far, dodge responsibilities, push our luck, and run our mouths. And if we got credit for all the Christian exercise that we do, we'd be skinny as rails. Uh, we got to be careful. And I want to ask the Lord to help us to be the kind of people who live our lives guarding our words and speaking appropriately. The Bible says, speak not evil one of another. Three points to this message. The first is this, number one, the problem. Number one, the problem. The Bible says in verse 11, the very beginning here, it says, speak not evil one of another, brethren. We can just break that uh, phrase up into a few little parts. First of all, speak not evil. The problem is when we speak against our brother, we're speaking evil. Speaking evil. Well, we shouldn't speak about things we don't know everything about, and we really shouldn't deal with other people's problems to other people than the person we're supposed to be talking to. You know, there's all kinds of places in the Scripture for you and I to have conversations between each other about issues. I'm just telling you, if you feel that one of your brothers is taken in an offense, you ought to have the Christian courage to speak to them in the right spirit about that. Hey, I'm watching this, and I'm wondering if this is going on in your life. Is there something I can pray with you about? There's nothing in the world wrong with that. As a matter of fact, that's the first step when a brother's fallen into an offense, is you're to go one-on-one -on -one and talk to that person. But you know what we do? We see things, and we imagine things, and we perceive things. And instead of talking to that person and asking that person that question, we go talk to somebody else about that person. And most of the time, the things that we perceive about someone's not true. And when we begin to speak behind someone's back, we are not speaking truth, we're speaking evil. The Bible says, speak not evil one of another. We're to be careful with the way we speak, the things we say. We need not be gossips and slanderers. A lot of the times we tear people down with our words because we think that that's a way to build ourselves up. But there's nothing more foolhardy in the world than to think that you can run someone down and in the same turn build yourself up. I'll just tell you, if you're talking to someone that you think because you run somebody else down, it will build you up in their thinking. You're not dealing with the kind of person you ought to be around with anyway. We've got to be careful. The problem is we're to speak not evil one of another. The next phrase there, one of another. I was thinking about that. Speak not evil one of another. It's me speaking against somebody else. You know what we think? When we think that, and I'm not talking about people, but let me tell you what I've observed. Let me tell you what I heard. Let me tell you what I think. If we speak evil one of another do you know what we're doing we're automatically assuming that we are on some type of moral high ground that exceeds that of the person we're talking about what are we doing we're exalting ourselves to a place that is above our brother or sister in christ and folks that's pride that's pride 
The Bible says, speak not evil one of another. Look, we ought to get to the place where we understand that if somebody's having trouble, it could very easily be us too. And if you go around thinking, boy, I'm better than them, I'm better than them, I'm better than them. I may be bad, but I'm better than them. Let me tell you something. You're not having a thought process that pleases the Lord because you're exalting yourself. If you want to make a comparison, you compare yourself to Jesus and you'll put yourself in the spot that you need to be, a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. One of another. The problem is we're speaking evil against one another. And often the person we're speaking evil against is the next word in our verse. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. It's a really sad thing. We're running each other down. It's a really sad thing that we're running each other down. You know, in Christian circles and among Christian brothers and sisters, there should be some sense of camaraderie and loyalty. But you know what we're about to do? We're about to run each other down. I'm not trying to defend myself, and I don't have any reason to that I know of. But I know for a fact that often the preacher has had for lunch, and he's not anywhere close. And that's okay with me, but it's not okay with God. Give the deacons a hard time. Give the preacher a hard time. Give the Sunday school teacher a hard time. I mean, and those are brothers, sisters, people that we should be praying for and lifting up and encouraging. And we shouldn't be fighting among ourselves. Look, the whole world needs Jesus, and the church is fighting among itself. James said, this is blowing my mind. My brother, Jesus, has just gone on the cross and died and rose again three days later and ascended into heaven. And he's given us the gospel message. And church people are talking about church people behind each other's backs while the world's going to hell. That's not how brothers should act. Brethren, brethren. And there should be this sense of loyalty that says, you're not going to talk about my brother that way. My sister, you know her, a lot of you do. She's a little scrawny, blue-eyed blonde. We're identical twins. Did you all know that? (laughs) Just kidding. I'll never forget. Now, she'd get me down the road, but if anybody messed with me, you better watch out. I remember we were little, elementary age, and we were on the school bus, and there was a bully on the school bus, and he kept giving me a hard time. It had gone on for a few days. and uh, I mean, look, my idea was I'm just going to sit here and take it, and the bus ride's not very long. I don't want to make a scene. I'm just going to sit here and take it. And I remember that kid was giving me a really hard time, and I heard out of the I was sitting near the front of the bus. My sister was in the back of the bus. And this bully was messing with me. And I heard the commotion as my little tiny scrawny sister in elementary school made her way down the aisle of the the bus with her finger. You're not going to act like that and treat my brother that way. And I was like, oh, no. She's going to make me fight. (laughs) She wasn't going to put up with that. And I love that spirit. I love that spirit. The next time somebody tries to run down one of your brothers or sisters in Christ, don't put up with it. Because the Bible said, 
Speak not evil one of another, brethren. There's the problem. Number two, the principles. The principles. The scripture continues here and it says in verse 11, He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother. And by the way, it's twofold. When you start speaking evil of your brother, you are judging your brother. Let's talk about that just a minute. That the the uh, uh, carnal goat Christian's favorite verse in all the Bibles, judge not that you be not judged. You can't judge me. Now listen, the Bible also says that a, a wise man judges everything. Now, I'm, the judgment that we talk about here is not a judgment that says we know this person has done horrible, wicked things, and because of that, we're not going to associate. We're talking about, the judgment we're talking about is judging someone's motives. It's judging when you don't know the whole story. Judging when you've not walked a mile in that person's shoes. You're judging someone's motives. So the Bible says, look, if you speak evil of your brother, you're judging your brother. And that kind of judging is not acceptable. This judging of motives is not acceptable. He says, he that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil of the law. He says, you're speaking against the law. He says, you, you speak evil against your brother, you're judging your brother, then you're speaking evil of the law. Basically, you're saying, I'm above the law. I can decide to do what I want to do because God's told you not to do this, not to speak against your brother this way. He says, you judge the, the, you're, you're judging the law, and, you judge, and the Bible says, but if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Now, basically, if we were going to put it into one little phrase, the first principle here is you are not the law. You're not the law. You didn't make the law. You didn't make the rules. And it's not your job to judge the rules, but to obey the rules. And God has said to you, Christian people, speak not evil. One another of your brother. You're not the law. You ever heard anybody say, you're not my daddy? (laughs) You're not the law. And so if you think somehow you get some kind of excuse and you have the right somehow because of something that you've, some position you've exalted yourself to, to judge people's motives and speak evil against your brother, you think you're better than God's word. You got another thing coming. Hey, none of us that good. Look, we need to be doers of the law. We need to obey the word instead of make exceptions as to why we shouldn't obey the word. You see, the principle is, you're judge- he said, you can't do that. You're not the law. Then he doesn't stop there. He says, you speak evil against your brother. Remember, you're not the law. And God told you not to do that. He said, not only are you not the law, but you are not the law giver. Look what the scripture says in verse 12. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? They said, look, there's only one lawgiver. Who gave the law? It wasn't Moses. God gave the law. And if you think somehow that you get an excuse from obeying God's law, that you think somehow God's rules and God's ways do not apply to you, you are not God. That's what James is saying. Look, look, I know that there's people in this church who think they can 
make their own, make judgments on people and speak evil against their brothers. But listen, they're not the law, and they're not the lawgiver. The problem is we're to speak not evil one of another. The principles are you're not the law, and you're not the lawgiver. And finally, it brings me where I want to land. Number three, the prevention. How do I prevent this? Now, I want you to be honest. We're going to take a poll. How many of you have either heard or spoken slanderously against a brother or sister in Christ? I want everybody to participate. If you've ever heard or spoken against a brother or sister in Christ, would you please raise your hand? That's what I thought. You put your hands down. It's real. It happens. But it shouldn't. How in the world can I prevent this from happening? How can I keep this from from going on? How can I prevent this from happening? The first thing I wanted to tell you is something very practical. Listen to this. Do you know that to complete the transaction of slander, you need one mouth and two ears on two different heads? Do you understand that? Is it true or not? If we are going to have this happen, the speaking evil, one another, of brethren. If it's going to happen, it's going to take one mouth, two ears, on two heads, at least. Let me tell you something. You may be here and you've propped yourself up on your spiritual pedestal. I'll tell you, I don't slander or gossip. But you walk around with two big bat ears listening for anything you can hear. <laughs> I heard some trash today. It was great. In churches, there are big mouths and bat ears. And we've got to be careful. I'm confident that if you are a hearer of the trash... You're as guilty as the speaker. Some people have the nature that all the trash comes to them. Look, if somebody's speaking evil with their brethren, let me tell you something. You need to talk to them about that. That's what you say. You don't talk to me about it. I don't know. You need to speak to them. You need to speak to him. You need to speak to her. It takes... One mouth and two ears on two heads to complete the transaction. Prevention. I want you to take your finger and go with me over to the book of Proverbs. You can keep your finger in James and go with me to Proverbs. We're going to end with this verse. Proverbs chapter number 25. Proverbs chapter number 25. We're talking about preventing. Talking about preventing. Slander and gossip. How can I prevent it? Look with me, Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 23. The Bible says, The north wind driveth away rain. So doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. So the illustration is this. When the wind blows from the north, 
It drives the wind away, the, the, the rain away. That works actually here too. The most of our good rain comes out of the Gulf of Mexico. I, I'm praying against some of you, but I would love one of these days before the winter's over for a big drink of water to come out of the Gulf of Mexico and a big cold wind to come and meet just perfectly over the Appalachian Mountains and dump about eh, 12 inches of snow right on Chill Highway, Virginia. Yes, I want it bad. And some of you hate me for that, but I don't care. You better not talk about me. Don't talk about behind my back. When we miss our snows, you know why we miss our snows? Because the north wind blows and pushes the moisture south of us, right? So the Bible says that the north wind drives away the rain. The north wind blows, and because the north wind blows, the rain just doesn't happen. Because the north wind blows, the timing's not right, the snow doesn't fall the way I want it to. So the Bible says, just like the north wind blows and drives away the rain, look at the next phrase, so doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. I love that phrase. So doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. How in the world can I prevent being the two ears that completes the cycle of gossip and slander against my brethren. The best way for me to say it is not to say it at all, but to show you. Maybe it looks something like this. Did you hear about... If someone looks at, comes to you and says, did you hear about... And you go... You snarl your nose just a little bit. Guess what? They're going to be like, hmm, I guess I'll go tell somebody else. It's kind of funny, but have you ever tried to talk to somebody and tell somebody something that they did not want to hear and they just gave you a dirty look as soon as you started talking about it? Have you ever done it? It's great. Mm. I've tried to tell Ruth a few things before and she gave me a dirty look. I'm like, I'm too scared now. I ain't doing that. <laughs> In all sincerity, you know, Christian people need to learn the look. You need to learn the look. And as soon as you hear somebody that is tempted to be the first half of slander, did you hear? I think so and so. If you'll start going, mm, you may growl at them. I don't care. Hmm. You're like, not here, not these ears. Mm-mm, not here, not this, not me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not the law. I am not the lawgiver. And God has told us not to speak evil one of another, brethren. I ain't going to do it. Forget it. You know what happens? If Christian people get to the place where they won't hear or put up with slander, people get to heal. People get the help they need. The church has the unity that God wants it to have. Hmm. I pray God will help us stop the backbiting tongue and obey God's word when God's word says, Speak not evil one of another.
Hey, learn to look. Everybody practice to look on the count of three. One, two, three. Some of you have always got it on your face. I'm just kidding. Learn to look. And don't let the transaction be finished with your ears. Don't let it start with your mouth. Hey, listen. The Bible says speak not evil one of another. Let's take it to heart. Do something about it. Oh, it's good. It's amazing what happens when we obey God and his word. It helps people. Promotes unity. Furthers the gospel. It's a sweet thing. Let's pray.